1: Details.
0: Hi guys, I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture Football. And I'm Andrew Pollard from What Culture Football. And we are here to tell you all of today's football news. But as always, if you want to listen to this one you're out and about as a podcast, you can do so by searching for What Culture of Football, wherever you get your podcast from. But Andrew, maybe Barcelona have started the process of sorting themselves out before the season begins.
1: Yeah, it looks like one of the numerous Dutch names that they've been linked with over the summer is finally uh, about to sign for Barcelona. That Dutch player being Memphis Depay. Um, God, it just one of the, to me, one of the most enjoyable footballers to watch on the planet um, on his day is fantastic it's completely erratic at times but it's always fun to watch um but yeah uh, he's one of several dutch players that have been linked with barcelona since ronald koeman took charge um which i was going to say a couple of weeks ago but it could be i, I don't know or time is is insignificant uh, <laughs> yeah. right now in 2020 but either way yeah memphis looks like he's coming in uh the uh, well, uh, telegraph the dutch newspaper were the first to report that this is finally it's a done deal in the region of 25 million euros um and the player was expected to be unveiled as a Barcelona player some point later this week uh 26 years old at the moment Memphis still a lot more to give yeah i know just he came through so young and so good so young uh for, for holland at the world cup in 2014 i guess it, no mm, 60 uh, 2016 yeah cuz that was the world cup crazy um yeah uh, and, and apparently he's going to be taking the number nine shirt last worn by Luis Suarez because Suarez of course is one of many many Barcelona players who are heading for the uh, the Camp New exit door um, Memphis Depay who knows Ronald Koeman very well from playing for him under the uh, or for the national team for the Netherlands uh, a player that came through at PSB and then had his big move to Manchester United under Louis Van Gaal which didn't really work out for him uh, and I felt a bit sorry for him because that was the, when they, they brought in uh, Memphis Depay and Ango Di Maria after Louis Valhalla claiming that he needs people who can carry the ball. And then all, all the, the stories that came out after Van Halen had, had been fired was that, yeah, he told those players not to run with the ball in, in their own half or in the opposition half. It's like, well, mm. why are you buying these players in the first place? But anyway, Memphis went on to, to Leon, of course, and he's since he's been there for three seasons now, uh, moved there for 21 million. Um, he's had 50 goals in 147 games, normally playing on the left. But can easily play down the middle as a as a as an out and out striker, or is just off the striker as a ten. Extremely skillful player, loves a screamer. There's there's so much to enjoy about Memphis Depay. I think. Yeah, I think this is a great
0: signing for Barcelona. I think a lot of the time when players, I don't want to say disappear off our radar because I don't want to besmirch other leagues, but like if someone goes to league, uh, it's very rare that Premier League football fans, to be honest think about them for, for the next few seasons aside from when they crop up in the Champions League. And he has he has looked decent, obviously, uh, for them. But like you say, the stats don't lie. He's been a he's been a revelation for them. Uh, and as part of, is it just gonna be, by the way, Barcelona become the Dutch national team and like Ansu Fati, Lengle and bloody Ter Stegen something. I, I like Messi, that. I'm Messi,
1: Messi, Messi's still there. Oh just I thought, about. yeah. I yeah, keep um, that
0: he's sticking around. He's he, he's sticking around because he has to more than
1: anything. But okay, yeah, he's stuck in that marriage sort of thing. But no, I, I'd, I'd be all for it. As somebody who, see, I, I've kept the, a big eye on Memphis just because I have such a soft spot for Dutch footballers. Yeah. As a Wales fan, it's it all goes back to that. As a kid growing up as a Wales fan, when it comes to international football and tournaments, there was never anyone to cheer on because Wales never got there. So you'd always pick a team, and from an early age, I just went with the Dutch. So I've, I keep an eye on on Dutch players a lot. So. Been watching Memphis, uh, any anytime I see him he's been brilliant for Leon. Uh and if yeah, if Royal kuman if he can get Van Wijnaldum over the line which is another one that's been rumoured from Liverpool obviously Donny, Donny van der Beek is now off the table because he's gone to Manchester United but um, yeah I, I'd, I'd be all for it I'm thinking of when Louis van Gaal went there and he just tried to take as many ex-Ajax players that he could there was <laughs> the De Boer brothers there was Mark Overmars uh, Edgar David of the spell there uh, Patrick Kliver, Yari Lippmann ended up there there was just like this rotating door of Dutch players but the Ryan Zenden even he wasn't Ajax but yeah still Dutch yeah. Uh, and Philip Koku and Mark Van Bommel later on there was just this it was it was <laughs> a club so synonymous with Dutch footballers. Um and and interestingly in this as well, Manchester United could have taken Memphis back because as part of the deal to sell him to Leon, they had a buyback clause in there. Now that the, they sold him to Leon for £21 million um three years ago. And I think it would have been maybe roundabout. Basically United had his first option where okay, if if it turns out he does really well in League for Leon, then if you want to take it back, you can as long as you match the price, which the price is 25 million euros seemingly, but Manchester United um on, on opening that because maybe they're looking elsewhere
0: right now. Hey, will Hey, segue. Good work. Yes, uh, they are not looking at Memphis. Too. I'm kind of surprised they aren't because uh, I think he's, he's he's really rediscovered his form, as we said, in Liga and uh, could do something. With him. But they are, well, it seems that barely a day goes by without us me mentioning their chase of uh, Jaden Sancho. We reported last week, I believe, uh, that they'd agreed personal terms, sorted out all the bollocks with the agents, but they still have an issue with Borussia Dortmund's asking price of 108 million. Pounds and so, as an alternative, Man United are considering potentially loaning Gareth Bale should their uh, Jaden Sancho transfer fall through. Um, not exactly the same player, I think it's fair to say. Look, they're both incredibly talented, but they are uh, opposite ends of the career spectrum and would do very different jobs, I sense, uh, for the side. But not a bad fallback plan if you've got a spare three hundred grand a week knocking about.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think then it's going to be Wales go for Manchester United, but that'll be the new, <laughs> we'll Have to try and fit that into a song somehow for, for Wales. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I can talk all day about my love for Gareth Bale. Uh, I still think he's a hell of a footballer. Still only 31, which I know obviously you've got James Sancho, who is 20. So like you said, very much different end of the spectrums in, in terms of where their careers are uh, at. Um, and Dortmund, I mean, in one way it's we could talk about it being a depleted market right now but it's a seller's market in for this particular transfer Mm. because the player is tied down for another couple of seasons so Dortmund don't have to sell him and so if Borussia Dortmund are holding out for this 120 million euros or 108 million pounds then that's their prerogative and and it seems like if this deal doesn't get done now it could be one of those where it happened in a year's time and so it's a stopgap for a year Gareth Bale on loan a fit Gareth Bale a hungry Gareth Bale I, I mean, it, it, to me, it could be a, a smart piece of business. But then, even with Real Madrid subsidising his wages, reportedly willing to pay half his wages for that year, it's still you could be paying three hundred thousand pounds a week. And, I mean, I, God, I, I feel I, I'm 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 arguing with myself in my head here because, yeah. like I said, I love Gareth Bale, but I think if even if for three hundred thousand pounds a week, I think Manchester United should be looking at. Other alternatives, and who knows? It, it could just be a smokescreen for for Dortmund to pull their finger out their arse. Where okay, you're gonna you you're sticking to that price with Sancho, right? We're gonna go for Gareth Bale. We're moving on now, mm. and it will get to a point where Manchester United will need to move on because they're clearly they're looking for somebody to play on that right side um and with the, the transfer window closing on october 5th 6th then the longer this goes on the the, the closer it is it's, it could be one of those where it goes down to the wire with James sancho but united they need to have backups in mind and if gareth bale is that that second option then maybe they do go for him yeah i completely agree i'd love to see gareth bale back in
0: the premier league obviously and i still think he has a lot to offer but personally i'd just say pay the money pay the man Pay him under eight million if, if necessary. Jaden Sancho is gonna be one of the best players in world football uh, over the next few years, in my opinion. And and I genuinely think if they sign him, Jaden Sancho, I put them as as genuine, genuine title contenders. I know yeah. I said that previously when they got Donny van der Beek, but what an attacking line they would have. If they got Jane Sancho added to that. Obviously, we don't know what United are going to look like in the Premier League so far. They've not played yet as a result of the whole European uh, competition stuff. But I just think, you know, i, I whilst I, I sense that, yes, Gareth Bale could do a job for them and, like you say, could well be a stopgap for a year. Um, I-, I want Jaden Sancho in the Premier League. I think he would be the perfect fit for that United front line. And yet again, Andrew, if Man United sign Jaden Sancho, even more so, he's coming home. But anyway, let's talk about that. You can't talk about We've got to move on. we got time ticking. We've got to talk about the thing we can't mention now, Andrew.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on to talk about something we have to stumble through. Um, just a quick one, though. With the Manchester United uh, situation, I, I, I heard and read that they're the club in, in the UK that are losing the most money uh, on a weekly, monthly basis yeah. as a result of the thing we can't talk about. So... Yeah, maybe that's why they're thinking. But well, we can't, we can't fork out this hundred and twenty million euros. This, this. I, I think if they did get him it, though, it'd be great in a way that. You'd... Obviously, they see Mason Greenwood as, as part of that attacking three at the moment. But some of these, 18-19, Maybe it could be a little bit too much too soon to expect him to play a full season. Whereas if you brought in a Jane Sancho, then you've got options to rotate. But anyway,
0: yeah, Jane Sancho in. Put him on TikTok. You earned your money back. There you go.
1: Job done. You, uh, I, I digress. Moving on to something we can just about skirt around, um, and Sky Sports News are reporting this morning that there has been four positive tests uh, in the Premier League over this this well, for the past week of testing. Um, it, obviously, the, the the Premier League have come out in their statement and said that we aren't going to say who, who the players are, we aren't going to say which clubs they are because. That's down to the players and the clubs to, to release if they want to. That's that's their personal details, their medical information. Uh, and rightly so, the Premier League aren't gonna just gonna throw that out there willy-nilly. Um but yeah, it's to put it into perspective though, that it's yeah, it is four positive tests, which is not great. But the amount of people that were tested um were I have it down here somewhere, two thousand one hundred and thirty-one players and staff were tested between September the seventh and the thirteenth and four of those tests uh, came back as positive. Obviously, the, the four people involved, whether it's players, whether it's staff, they, um, they have to now self-isolate for 10 days. But this isn't the, the first time this happened in the Premier League. I, sadly, I don't think it'll be the last. I mean, we've no. seen previously in the last couple of weeks of Paul Pogba, Riyad Mahrez, Amrik Lepore, uh, there was a group at Chelsea with Mason Mount, Sammy Abraham, uh, I think Tamori and Pulisic. Um, right now we've, we've had uh, Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden isolating for mm-hmm. breaching um, restrictions with their antics in Iceland. Yeah. So, yeah, this this is something that is going to be around for the foreseeable future, of, of course. And hopefully we, uh, yeah, best wishes to the four who have tested positive and hopefully it's a speedy recovery and nothing too serious. For them. Yes, exactly.
0: Uh, you, we hope we get to the point where there's zero cases, but that's not going to happen right now. And I, I think all I can add to that is this is just going to be the new normal for, for, for fans of football for the foreseeable future until this ongoing global bastard gets dealt with and who on earth knows when that's going to be and uh, yeah it's going to be a very topsy-turvy season we could see games cancelled. we could see sides depleted we don't know what to expect basically we we had a, a sort of drop in the ocean when it comes to the the sort of final nine premier league games at the end of last season a whole season with this cloud hanging over it who knows what's going to happen? Well, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, their,
1: uh, their first game of the season, sorry to interrupt you there, well, done, um, yes. against Lons on Thursday. That was, a, a de- they, they, the game went ahead, but it was a very depleted Paris Saint-Germain team. Uh, because,
0: after that Marseille game, you were telling me. Well, about. yeah, the,
1: the, with the three red card for Paris Saint-Germain, there's going to be a depleted side for them the next time they play, but that's a whole different story, which uh, myself and Nicholas covered yesterday in detail. Absolutely crazy, all the stuff with that. But yeah, uh, we, the Paris Saint-Germain game before that against Lons, that was, they were missing certain players and because of. Positive test results um, and I think I think that the rule is if it's three or more no if it's more than three players so four or more players you have positive results then games will be called off from any one side that is but um, yeah, we, we, it's, it is topsy turvy is a very good way to describe a season ahead because, the, it, and it's, it could play. You, you think of it as, say, I don't know, Manchester United, no, Manchester City and Liverpool, for example, and it's a massive six point game at the top of the league to, to give somebody the edge. And all of a sudden, one of the teams has three players missing. Uh, and it's three, not to wish ill on anybody, but say it's, I don't know, um, for Liverpool, say it's Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, and Virgil Van Dijk. It's like if it's, it's that's the sort of thing we could be looking at, where yeah. these teams could be massively depleted going into huge games that are, are games that can decide seasons. But that's that. I mean, that, that's just how it's going to be. Once the, it was decided that football is going to continue and, and mm. won't start up again for this season, then that is the risk that comes with it. I'm afraid.
0: Uh, a final news story of today: Andrea Pirlo has finally received his coaching license. It was a report by the Gazzetta Italia uh, just yesterday. He's got his co- he's got his uh, UEFA Pro license. He took the exam uh, over the weekend, I do believe, uh, and therefore will be able to sit on the bench for Sunday's opening game of Juventus' season in the Serie A against Sampdoria. As as the rough translation I've got here, as their first team leader, um, <laughs> a little bit putting the cart before the horse in terms of making him your manager and then going, you, you need to get a coaching license, right? But, um, I mean, just look at those locks. Who could not give him a coaching license? Who
1: wouldn't want to see him sat on the bench on Sunday? Exactly, that's my thought, is he just turns up and you just see the man it's like, give him whatever he wants. Give him, <laughs> here's here's your, your A license, whatever, your continental license, all of them, just for looking like Andrea Perlo and for playing like Andrea Perlo for so many years of your career as Andrea Pirlo. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how his Juventus side line up. Um, yeah. I saw Aaron Ramsey got a beautiful goal at the weekend in a, a friendly game. Come on, Rambo. He's still holding on there, even though these yeah. talks, it seemed like since he signed for Arsenal, there was talks to like, yeah, they want to get rid of him. Um, yeah. So he's still there. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how they line up because we've heard how that at one point they were maybe looking to get Cristiano Ronaldo out of the door. we have heard how, um, how Gonzalo Higuain, I, I think he, he, he he may even have signed now in the last couple of days. He was edging towards the MLS, it seemed, at one point. And, and Balla's future there seemed uncertain. They've lost Blaise Tweedy. They, they've still got a very ageing back line. Um, and, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Pirlo lines up, what sort of players he wants to bring in. Obviously, they brought in Arta. Um, I think they got the Hattabur uh, deal over the line from Atalanta. Um, so it's, it's interesting. And also, I, I'm looking forward to seeing, because you feel like this is Really, I feel like I say this every preseason when it comes to Serie A recently, where this could be the year where finally somebody dethrones Juventus yeah. after. What must be nine, maybe even ten? I, I, I had to lose track of how many consecutive Serie A titles they, they, they've won. Um, and there's been so many times where you've had hope whether it was a Napoli, whether it was a Roma, whether it was Inter Milan or Atalanta, even plucky Atalanta last season uh, and Inter. Um, and there's always been that, like, oh yeah, this is the year, this is the year Juve don't win it, and then Juve win it. It's yeah, it's the same as Germany, I guess, with, with Bayern Munich, where mm. oh Leipzig are doing well this year and Dortmund. Oh uh, no, then just buy and take over and steal yeah. everybody. So hopefully, it's it's a, a an open uh, Serie A this coming season and looking forward to it
0: yeah, absolutely. Keep your eyes, if you've not looked at it already, keep your eyes on Serie A. Right, it's going to be a fascinating season, I reckon, and, and could be the year, as you say, that Juve get knocked off their perch. But we will keep you posted with all of that, as with all of today's news stories. Uh, do let us know your thoughts on them in the comment section below. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Football wherever you get your podcast from, for daily football podcasts. Continue the conversation on Twitter, at WhatCultureFC, where you can follow both of us. Andrew, where can people get you on social media?
1: And get me at culturetheleftpack.
0: And you can find me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureFC, as I said. Myself and Andrew will be back later on today to review all of the weekend's Premier League action. But for now, this has been the news. My thanks to Andrew Pollard. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.